Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone, I got Vance. Hi, Vance. Hi, good evening. And good evening to you. And we have Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Oh, good evening, Andy. Good evening to you as well. We have some uh, very polite uh, entries. Oh. Uh, introductory statements. Okay, <clears throat> time to get serious on this. This podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Muskie Products. You can find us at fatazmuskie.com. That is our website. On the website, we have links to this very show and our store. The store has all of our rod holders there. Uh, it has the baits, but they're all out of stock. Same old story. Uh, check out Team Rhino Outdoors for what he has left of inventory and Muskie Tackle Online who has been recently restocked. So those are your best bets for baits. Rod holders, they're still very popular. We're going to talk a little trolling stuff today. Um, Probably not talk too much about the rod holders. Uh, We might sneak something in. But if you're looking to set up a boat like I do on a very regular basis, feel free to ask any questions. I have no problem recommending uh, different brands if I feel it's a better setup for you. Um, pretty much the same thing I say every week. So with that, don't be scared to utilize the value of my opinion. It's just an opinion, but it has a lot of, uh, weight to it because this has been my life for many years. With that, I'm going to hand the mic over to Todd to talk about Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Get a hold of us. We are going to be fishing through November here on Chautauqua, and next year's books are open and already filling. So, you know, when you're coming or you have an idea that, you know, you want to date around one of those moons to get a hold of us sooner rather than later. Also going to be doing some fishing in PA that early season, little April, May stuff. Uh, I get calls all summer for fishing Pennsylvania, but we are not in Pennsylvania. Once we're up here, we're just uh, banging fish baby at Chautauqua Lake. That's what we do, so. Early season, Pennsylvania, got to get a hold of us uh, for that April, May bite, and then uh, we're out of there, on to the next state. So get a hold of us. We'll do our best to get you out there and get chunks of fish. And when you come and fish with us, you'll be using St. Croix rods, best rods on earth. Uh, You will also be in a ranger boat. Big shout out to them for sponsoring the show and the guide service. Um, check out all your ranger needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, Starcraft, Star Welds, Tritons, Ranger Boats, Service, Storage, um, whatever you need, check them out. And again, if you are in the market for buying uh, a boat and designing your own, I suggest uh, you do it sooner rather than later because it's it's still the same old crap. Uh, demand is up. Production is down. That goes for any uh, type of boat out there. Um, but if you are looking for one, give Vix a fair shake. Um, and that is it for me. That's it for you. But that brings up Todd again talking about Muskie's Inc. Yeah, I'm going to tell a little story about Muskie's Inc., Andy. Uh going to think back here i was probably back when i was in college probably about 19 you know 48, 43 89, oh. 18 yeah 88 89 
that? You said 1888. They have a marble sculpture of your head. 1888, 1889 era, somewhere in there. So anyhow, and uh, ran into a fellow up there. And, you know, this fellow was telling me about this. He was just getting into muskie fishing, but he had knew somebody that was involved in this group called Muskie's Inc. And I was like, wow, you know, never heard of it. We didn't have instant liberal gram and, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> and and face Democrat out there. Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't easy. It was not easy to, you know, get this information. And I'm like, what, what are you know, what are you talking about here? Well, he starts telling me about this. You know, you get a magazine. He, they used to do it every month. You get a magazine every month, and it has articles. It tells you about uh, – now, I knew Muskie Hunter existed, but Muskie Hunter wasn't that old at the time, but had articles, and they were telling you what where they were stalking lakes and things like that. I, I couldn't even believe it. Never heard of it, you know. Did a little investigation somehow. Probably found it in a Muskie Hunter magazine back then where they had an ad because you couldn't go look any of this stuff up on the computer, and sure enough, there's this organization called Muskie's Inc. National Organization. We had a chapter right there in Pittsburgh. I joined. Been a member ever since. I think it's very important to be a member if you're into muskie fishing. But I can remember excitement, Andy. I was so excited. I started rapping. Really? Really? Cool. Like run yeah. DMC oh, style? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, LL Cool uh, <laughs> Bart or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. Bart? No. Give, me so <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Snoop Dogg. I was doing wow. Like, I just can't believe there's this group. What, out what here. was your, your your favorite living raptor, rapper, Tupac? <laughs> it's, it's Snoopy. LL Cool Bart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, get a hold of your local chapter. Lots of good things going on with these local chapters. I saw that our, our club had a tournament i know a lot of the tournaments were canceled but we had a local tournament down in pennsylvania they had a pretty good turnout and uh there's so much stuff you can get involved with with those clubs they do so much for the local fisheries important to be involved in your local muskie chapter easy to find out the information down too you know so oh it absolutely is it, it had to spread to you by word of mouth through like a magazine like you didn't believe it yeah. until you actually saw yeah. it in printed printed page I remember that the one fellow had given a friend of mine one of his copies, you know, and it was showing the stalking reports for Pennsylvania. We were like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Look at these fish that Pennsylvania stocked in such and such a lake and, you know, the numbers. And then you could then they, they gave the history. I remember looking that all up. Now, as, as we all know, that's really easy information to get nowadays, but it wasn't back then. And we were able to look and say, wow, let's go hit like Lake Wilhelm. Because look how many they put in there 10 years ago. We were able to look at that and see that those fish should be mature now. Should be a good fishery, right? That's how we started fishing some of the local lakes looking at that report, you know? So, Man, believe it or not, that's kind of kind of like my thing that I'd get excited about was I just hopped on, you know, the website for the Fish Commission and I checked out the biologist reports and the stockings and mm-hmm. all this and that. And I mean, you can, you know get as much out of that as you can. I don't know if it really helped me catch any fish, but it helped me learn more. No. And yep. that's part of the fun is just, you know, sucking up all of the knowledge that you can. And I remember, I mean, we, we, we went to lakes there for those next couple of years that I'd never fished before. 
because I had no idea that they put fish into Justice Lake, a little lake down by, well, it's not sort of, it's in between us, right? And it's, I mean, it's kind of more east. It's Yeah. I just had a, 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 a conversation about that lake just the other night, and mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those lakes that I would love to get to because it, it has an appeal to it. And it's just, it's, it's like a 45 minute to an hour drive, but it's not 45 minutes to an hour on the highway. It's 35 zone stop sign, blinking yellow light, you know, Amish buggy crossing. And it's just one of those ones that you'll get eight miles to the gallon pulling a boat because Mm -hmm. you can't achieve speeds over 45. And it's just become the barrier of entry for that lake has just been like, I'm not even going to attempt it with the time that I have. Yeah. And it's just a little troll and motor only lake, but we went there, we caught a fish. And I, at that point, I had one of the biggest muskies I ever had on in Pennsylvania at that point, uh, grabbed one of my little jerk baits. I was throwing right at the boat. And, you know, that's why I went because of what I found out there because of the muskie and book. Obviously, Andy, we didn't have internet back then, you know, you barely had telegraph. Yeah, well, when did uh, when did Al Gore invent that internet thing? Uh, that was ninety five ish, ninety six. Ninety five, yeah. See, that was yeah, and it wasn't him that invented it. Too, too awful long. And I remember being at a Muskie's Inc. meeting. That's where I heard about. I honestly, I didn't know the, the guys were talking at a Muskie Inc. meeting, and they said, "There's this thing. If you get on the computer, it's called the internet. If you type in the word Muskie, there's like eighty things come up." And I remember being like, whoa, I got to try this. I don't even remember what computer I went to because we didn't have one. But, you know, went went to a wherever, <laughs> father's house or whoever had the computer, typed it in, and there was. There it was, 80-some entries in there about muskies. Do you remember what any of those websites were? I do remember looking at a Chautauqua Lake fishing study that I reference often when we talk about it people ask about do these fish what do we think what do i think do they fish move around you know and honestly i cannot find that anymore i mean it's probably just buried but there, there was a study on there and that's where i was looking at it on the computer you know probably late late 90s or mid to late 90s and uh they showed uh you know the movements of some fish that they put some uh, uh electronic tags in here on chautauqua and I, it was just very interesting. I wish I could find it, but I've, I've tried. I cannot find that study anymore, but I remember what it showed. Mm-hmm. Really neat. Did it show movement? It showed very little movement. Uh, there was a big fish that was a 40-some pound fish. Now, that's when they caught it with the eggs. It was like a 52, something like that. Uh, female, and she was in one square mile. I mean, it looked like a shotgun pattern at... This was like every time they... They they registered it. It's got a bleep, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that fish was down at South Basin, mid lake, one square mile. So the lake of down there is a little over two miles wide. That's one of the widest points when you get down around, you know, Smith Boys down in the area. And uh, that fish <laughs> basically never left that one square mile. That's what they showed a couple of the big females doing, staying there. There were some smaller fish that roamed that south end a little bit. From what I recall, there was absolutely no movement between the north and south ends, which I thought that all along. 
I don't think those South End fish know that North End even exists. I don't think they ever, you know, the, the, the old timers always said, oh, the water got warm. They all went, all these fish went north. I'd well, love to see that migration at that bridge. <laughs> well, okay, so. I know, yeah, that would, they would knock that, the bridge that over. Old, old. And vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old thinking, I think, but. It's, it's, it's. You know, I guess we'll speculate on this a little bit because it's halfway yeah. pertinent. So the southern basin is like two miles wide. It, it's a very thin, long lake. Mm-hmm. And then the southern basin's two miles wide by what? Six miles tall? Yeah, you have about eight miles lower end and about eight miles in the northern end. You get a mile and a half in between to give 17 and a half. But the south south end is a little wider on average okay so there's probably a little more lake in the north so that that might same deck areas like square the the the, okay uh, surface area almost identical between the north and the south basin then you have the area between long point and let's say the narrow the bridge there the do you think that those fish don't know that you know your speculation don't know that the north exists because of like whatever how wide's the bridge a mile wide so of yeah, of the shoreline of the whatever 20 miles of shoreline that is the the southern basin that one mile of it is a gateway to something else and you just say yeah the, the chance of them bumping into this is slim or do you think maybe those fish just set up home and said I like this. I'm going to stay right here. Just like the fish in the north that said, I like this. I'm going to stay mm-hmm. here. Do you think it's more of a fish personality? Or do you think yeah, that it I might mean, just be I, the I, chances? I, I, do. I mean, I, I just think those ones that are stocked up in Mayville, I don't think they ever, I don't think, I think they just live their life. You know, they're not, you know, we're, we don't live in a, it's not a lake where these fish are like, following like traveling bait fish or schools of shad and you know we don't have any of that there's there's plenty of fish for them to eat anywhere that they live and uh you know but that study showed a couple big females and they had like a home range which was like a square mile i mean you know 300 dots in one square mile and there was like it would be shooting a shotgun at like 15 yards you might have two or three little flying bb's that like oh look she went over by the shore here one time <laughs> yeah but the, you know but the standard deviation bell curve thing is going to be she's here yeah she was there she was there and i remember thinking gosh i trolled over that fish many times and there was this giant muskie laying down there probably because uh, <laughs> i was fishing down there you know uh back then and then some of the smaller males were did move around a good bit, you know. Which is I've never I tried to look that thing up. But again. nothing, nothing ever, nothing, nothing ever of like uh, substance that were that gave data that this one was in Mayville and it swam all the way south. Yeah. So, so the equivalent of that one would be the one we talked about, probably. Because it's a bigger body of water. That one, the 007 or James Bond? Yeah, 007. One out of 140 that traveled 270 miles of Lake Erie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Up 
and back, you know? Mm. <laughs> the so crazy may, thing may, is... Maybe they just didn't... I don't remember how many they tagged in this study they had on Chautauqua. It was just really neat to see they had the different color dots or whatever, and it was like, wow, that fish never even moved, you know? Probably went into spawn and, you know... The old theories that they go into the shallow water to digest, you know, that didn't hold true. But, of course, you're talking about the fish was living in 14 foot of water. So it probably just laid down on the bottom. <laughs> there was a theory that they went into the shallows to digest. Well, that yeah, I mean, that, that's been something that's been talked about for a long time. That muskies will eat when they eat, they go in and lay in the shallows to digest their food. I don't hear people talking about it now, but (laughs) for good reason, I hope. (laughs) (laughs) Shallower, warmer water. Everyone accepts this as fact, so why question it? Yeah, that's that's what I remember reading and hearing. That's what they do. That's why why they don't don't eat in the shallows. No, because all their teeth are falling out in the warm water. They go into the shallow water to digest. I could, uh, I could hear people like really hammering that point home. Still today. Well, the reason why those smaller, like those smaller males travel is because in that one square mile, the queen drove them out. That was her area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, and the old theory was a pair. I mean, they, they run in pairs. Everybody used to always say that. Like, if you got one, you wanted to go get the other one. No kidding. Once you get that one, you might as well move on because you got them both. <laughs> no wow. sense in doing yeah. another pass or a cast. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you punched your ticket. Go the to the next one. Out. Yep. That's what I used to, that's what was talked about back in the day. In my that's day. incredible. I've also heard with, uh, Chautauqua that there was uh, if anyone remembers I quote it on occasion uh, clearly the only logical explanation is Bigfoot yes. uh, off of yeah. off of that um, that forum which I got that quote from there was a guy that forum is no longer there it's gone shocked <laughs> The only thing that I can really say logically why it's not there anymore, I'm not even going to explain because it's I just Bigfoot exactly. <laughs> but there was a uh, there was a guy that was very um, proud of his knowledge and stuff, and he put up a fishing. There was like a thread about uh, Chautauqua Lake, you know, whatever musky opener and something like that. And he posted up his fishing report that he was jigging for walleye and he caught this one fish. It was, it was low fifties and he kept it. And he was, he was from my understanding, I don't know the guy's real name, but he was very cocky with, I'm a sports outdoor writer, not sports writer, an outdoor writer. And he made this humongous post and he labeled his fish because the locals hadn't seen a fish that big come out of the lake in quite some time, the old timers. And he named it. You know how you like a nickname's got to be like catchy and quick? This one mm-hmm. falls right in line with Mini Methuselah. Oh, yeah. Mini Methuselah. Yep. Yes. So since that rolls off the tongue, he had to keep typing this thing out, which just did not bother <laughs> anybody on the forum. But he went on to say 
um, he started quoting now that he's this, you know, angler of, uh, you know, that, that decorated angler because he has this fish that he's subscribing to one person's fallacies on how to run plugs. And the thought was from this person was all the big fish go north. All the small fish stay south of the bridge. Yes, that is a very true statement. Everyone listening, remember that always. Yes. Mm-hmm. So big fish north, small fish south. Somehow, there's a That's, communication hub down there, down in the lake, in the water, that will mm-hmm. separate when you are allowed to no longer eat at the kids' table at Thanksgiving, but at the adult mm-hmm. table. The passage mm-hmm. is this bridge. That wasn't there forever. It's only in recent years was this bridge constructed. Mimi Methuselah? Yes. Who the hell said that? I wish I knew the guy's name. Vance, you you haven't heard that? I saw it referenced on... I could have sworn I I heard... I saw somebody recently say... Yes, it was referenced on a post that was made about Dave's fish that we talked about last weekend. Or last okay. okay, yes. It, was it really? Mini Mini Methuselah is not I mean, I still have old the old some of the old guys still talk about it. There was this one giant muskie that lived in Chautauqua. It was Mini Methuselah, and people will tell the stories like I had Mini on once. But, it's man, the one that's on er, under every dock that's seventy two inches. Mm-hmm. It's tails on one side of the dock. And his head's on the other side of the pontoon boat that's on the other side of the dock. This was a huge thing back in the, the mini, old mini, Methuselah. Yep. Probably wow. because like there was the old, nothing else like to do. Old, just like the old buck when I moved into my house 20 years ago, neighbor out back said, there's a big buck out here. I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, we just saw it the other day. Ten years in a row. <laughs> no one's ever got it. <laughs> I mean, how do you have the heart to say you saw ten different two-year-old, three-year-old bucks? <laughs> you, you, you might have. I guarantee you, it's not the same buck. You may have seen the same yeah, buck a year or two in a row. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. are you still after that one deer? <laughs> He's been, he's still been here out. 10 years in a row. What happened with that big one? And I want to say, you're talking about 30 years now, <laughs> Mr. Kaufman. Uh, you lived 30 years. Can you believe it? That is Mini Methuselah. I thought Vance had heard that. So, oh, that's a, that was a, that's a huge thing out here. Yep. No, I had, I had no idea it's, that, that it, was. It's so huge in catching on that Vance has never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Old Mini. Everyone was after Mini. Yeah, I so had a lot of heated discussions like with that one. guy. They would they would say it's Mini. I don't know. Mini had Mini had to have had lots of lures in her mouth when you caught her. <laughs> yeah, because everybody had many people that hooked her, and she had she would have had that scars everywhere, <laughs> baits hanging out of her mouth. But we all know mm-hmm. she was caught in the same square mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you tell about, did you ever say anything about the one you found at the flood in the dock that was dead? Yeah, Minnie. That was Minnie that choked on a catfish? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there was a, um, 
Did I mention this? No. Yeah, so uh, I, I would say probably, is it like a month ago now? Yeah, yeah, probably a month ago. Don't ask probably me, you didn't month. tell me. So about a month ago now, um, I launched the boat and backed it off the trailer, tied it up, turned around, and my clients were standing there uh, walking up the dock. And I was just like, Jesus. And they like, probably thought I was talking about them. I thought you but were praising behind, the Lord, but you know, but behind them, that's when he walks across the water to get in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> your like, client Jesus. is walking across Jesus. the water. <laughs> the trailer. Jesus has come out fishing with us. Um, Did you cast your net on the other side? This, there is this large muskie sitting at at the uh, in the shallows in. At the uh, at the boat ramp, it's dead, um, and I was all excited. I ran past the clients. You pushed them in the water. We, we, we must have caught it. Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, it's either we we caught it and killed it, or it uh, it just was. What, what really happened was it went into the shallows and it gorged itself. <laughs> it was because that's digesting. where all the fish go. <laughs> digesting um but it just stopped it actually uh it stopped digesting like last minute because when i picked this fish up it had this giant catfish in its mouth it choked and usually when down, we thought like down yeah. in the throat because i looked at it too like like the face first like the stingers on the catfish were down in yes yeah. mm-hmm. it was really uh yeah. really yeah it's it sucks but mm-hmm. um Usually, like, when we, we pick them up, we'll inspect them, see if they were caught or something like that. And I was like, geez, this thing must have died of uh, just, like, old age or something. And I pick it up with uh, the boga grip, and I'm going to, you know, I immediately think, like, i got to get another jaw. i got to be have deep tods, you know. I have to have more jaws than, than Todd. Because mm-hmm. he, has, he has a really, really nice collection in the camper. It's, I only it's, have three. I know, but they're like really, really nice dental work, and it's really tough to it's really tough to get those. There's a process, and you really it 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 sucks to get that done. You know, there's, yeah. there's many levels very, to it, but times this is very stinky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I go to throw it in the bush where we usually put these fish. <laughs> where the taxidermy is done. <laughs> where we kill <laughs> yeah. i go to throw it in a bush where we put all our fish i had to scurry away a couple dozen raccoons from the days before catch <laughs> So I, I put it in the bush, and before I do that, I look down his throat. That, like I said, I, I look down his throat. If like, you say Todd, go to the bush. Does he know where that location is? Oh, I know exactly where. It is. He knows exactly. So where the bush is, is actually we, we like a dot weeks. on the map. It takes, it takes a couple weeks. 
Believe me. You, you know, everyone at that boat launch, they might not know, Well, they don't know what's going on, but Vance and I know because it is a stank fest, buddy. Oh, it's unbelievable. The whole launch stinks. Everyone's stinking. They're like, God, oh, it stinks like fish around here. Meanwhile, Vance has a four footer stashed in the bush right beside you. Right beside you. So yeah. what you're saying is <laughs> you don't even like go 20 further yards. It's the first bush you find. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, yeah. it's right there. Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta keep it close so you can check on it. I can see Todd yeah, it's going it's to check it, so. coming back covered in bees. <laughs> oh, that's a picture. This four foot thirty pound musky. It was 30 pounds of maggots. Oh, yeah. The whole bush was moving. I'm not, that is, I'm not exaggerating there. Oh, it was crazy. He sent me the video, and I was home a couple of days, but when I came back up, I had to check it out. I was like, God, that is disgusting. Oh, they were everywhere. It was processing. I think I was the processing nicely. <laughs> The, we could have skin monitored. The skin was still there. The oh, bush yeah. grew three feet this summer from all the decay. No, it's all dead. The bush died <laughs> from all the it's all brown. acid yeah. leaching. It is. It is. There's you just look up there. It's like an elephant graveyard. Like cartilage rib cages. I haven't seen one at the launch. I'm usually, well, there's been a lot of people around this year. Usually mm. the first ones. A lot of times I launch. Vance starts a little later than me some days. But mm-hmm. I missed that one. I haven't seen one at the line. But I yeah. like starting. I, I like starting a little later, and mm-hmm. it's so I don't get dock docked. Mm-hmm. Especially on like the busy days. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you can sneak out of there without like getting dock docked, it's it's a. Uh, it's a real nice thing, you know? Yeah. Okay, so you look down this fish's mouth. Yeah, there's a catfish. I was like, holy shit. And I was like, okay, this thing didn't die of old age or a catch. Is it choked? Choked on Let, a catfish, yes. Yeah, let's just be honest here. It was water temperature and COVID. It was. Yeah, that's, yes. But, so it choked. Did you happen to look on its back and did it say cousins on it? No, okay. no, another no horrible joke cousins. that didn't land. Okay, yeah. But uh, shortly after that, we started um, snagging more catfish, oh, and uh, and and catching bigger fish. Uh, so inst- so you're you're pioneering the bullhead rig instead of a sucker rig. <laughs> well, I mean, it just. Uh, yeah, actually, I am, though. <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, I'll, no. I'll coin it. No, but they definitely, I, eat, they I, definitely I, eat those yeah. bullheads. I, I've seen, and the one time I came up here early, and, I mean, I should have taken videos of it because I, I saw how many, like, big schools. Of, I don't know whether it was a spawn. It was, like, mid-May, calm day. I'm telling you. At South Basin and Bemis, they were in schools, hundreds and hundreds of them, right up on the surface. You know how the carp do that, Andy? Did you ever see them at Pima Tuning all up on the surface sucking the Yeah, and like water. it doesn't matter where you're at. Like you couldn't go on plane 
and not kill yes. a million fish. Yeah. Well, there, there was catfish that entire lake. You know, tens tens of thousands of them. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> I I believe I believe you. Yes. I I saw it. You know, and yeah, it just makes you freaking wonder, like how many are down there. Yeah, that's just one of the fish that's in this lake. You know, that's just one. And, and and they say they eat a lot of bullheads in here, which comes with theory. Like, you know, when it's time to eat, I do not think these fish, like that muskie's laying there like, oh, man, I'm hungry. Ah, I'm not going to eat that bullhead. I'm going to wait for a, you know. Small perch. I'm going to wait for his perch to come by. I don't think they can decipher. It's like, I'm hungry. Chomp, 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 chomp. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever comes by is going to get eaten. Yeah. But, uh, the reaction too. I mean, that thing probably friggin' reacted to that bullhead, mm-hmm. and just bit off a little more than it could chew. You know. Hey, yeah. And, and we aren't just randomly snagging these bullheads. You know, they are swiping at that lure. They're almost always hooked in the tail. That, so they put up a good fight. But you know, I've seen them when I've been casting. I've seen them come up and they, they swipe their tail at the bait. Yeah, and I, know, I know that's what's happened when they're trolling. Occasionally, they're, in, they're hooked in the mouth, though. They they do grab baits. I I got a lot. I have a lot that hit them in the mouth this no, year. Yeah, yeah. And it's they're really bizarre. They they're very aggressive and like mean fish. I I remember being up here when I was little and watching them corner perch and yeah. little minnows and stuff and just taking them out. Almost yeah. looked like they were having fun. Yeah. Okay, so. You guys keep calling them catfish. I've always known them as bullhead. Because they're not. They're, they're, bull, they're bullheads. Yeah, they're bullhead. And growing up, I was always under the impression that a bullhead was uh, substandard in the fish world. And I would watch, you know, when, when I would go fishing with my dad out, you know, not at the local pond or whatever, him and his friends or whatever, they would take those bullheads and throw them in the weeds. Like they, they weren't even. They weren't even good enough to get thrown back in. So with like how prized catfish fishing is getting, you know, with the big blues and the flatheads and the channels and all that stuff, what kind of table fare does a bullhead bring? Because it just, my whole life has always been, that's just a gross fish and throw it in the weeds. I've heard stories of people actually eating them and targeting them to eat. It, 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 okay, so it's actually a fish. It's still going on up here right now. There's a time that you are allowed to take them, harvest them, and you can sell them. So there is a, a commercial market for bullhead. Yes, and I don't know where these guys are doing it, but I've talked to guys since I've been doing this guiding in the last 15 years here that target those bullheads in the spring, and someone is giving them X amount per pound and you're allowed to take them and, and do that. I don't know when you get your catfish dinner, whether it's bullhead or not. I have no idea. Probably is, you know, bull, a good, nice bullhead's 12, 14 inches long. Play, I don't know. That's the bummer is that they don't get bigger. We don't yeah. have a yeah. big, giant catfish that lives around us. Like, you can go to like Erie the, and get one, but... Let's say that that bullhead, like... Maybe the biggest one I've ever seen is probably like four pounds, four and a half, somewhere in there. There, there are some really big ones in here, though. 
Yeah. But the people have said that they... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. Some of those ones that we're snagging are very big full hits. Yeah. But lots of people have pictures of them. They get a big kick out of it, you know. I know the awful crew did the other day. Like, is that your turn or not? <laughs> oh, yeah. We snagged... Um... We get two. I think we got two in a row. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a bullhead. And it's a catfish. And they're like, how? Yeah. I'm just like, because it happens every day. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, how do you know that that's a catfish? And I was like, because uh, it barely took line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we got off topic for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I, I I do think that the like that's a perfect big meal for mm-hmm. the muskie in Chautauqua Lake, and I'm quite certain I've felt them in the big ones' bellies at points. And I'm like, do you feel this right here? You know, put your hand on this. Doesn't this feel like one of them cat, like bullheads? I don't know what else it would be. I mean, yeah. But well, I'll tell you something that happened to me last sat last Saturday. So pretty recent. I was back <clears throat> reeling one of the lines in. So I'm standing in the back, I'm standing in the back of the boat, reeling, reeling something in, taking weeds off like we do all day. And uh, I look up and right behind, I mean, right in, right, right in my spread, right behind the boat, probably 30, 40 feet behind the boat. Giant muskie comes to the surface. Head o- mouth open, shaking his head, like coming towards the boat, like <laughs> traveling with the boat. Like, so when I saw this, I look and I mean, it, it, have you forgot? Have you ever forgotten to click your vans? You had to have before. Actually, happened today. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the occasional time. That I've forgotten, and I've told stories about when clients are helping. You know, I say once or twice a year this happens. It's when we're fighting those weeds. Like I'm reaching over, grabbing the planer board, taking a clicker off because I'm dodging weeds and I'm tipping rods up and down, reeling real quick. And every once in a while, I don't have one on. Well, this fish looks exactly like one of these fish when I'm standing there looking. It's like, wow, look at that muskie jumping around right behind the boat. (laughs) I don't hear anything. (laughs) <laughs> and you start looking around, and one of the rods is like bent over, and the line is spinning off. Right. So, this great big muskie is back there on the surface, like coming at the boat. It looks exactly like there's a lure in its mouth, <laughs> and it's got something in its mouth. And I, you know, I spin around, and I'm like, fish, fish, and <laughs> none of the poles had fish on. Them. <laughs> This was a random choking muskie. Oh my! We missed him by that much. So it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't hooked. It was. It was not. No, the poles were fine. <laughs> and you were screaming, "Fish, fish!" I said, "Fish! Right, there's a fish! Fish! There's fish on one of these poles." <laughs> and I'm looking around, and there's not a fish on one of the poles. So in that <laughs> moment, you went from blaming yourself not putting the clicker on. To, to taking ownership of a fish that's obviously struggling. 
yeah. <laughs> announcing I mean, it, was on it. Top of the water it was on top of the water like rolling around and and you know as i trolled away i could still see it and then finally it went down but, you know i found that one that was choking on that bass the one time just randomly that one morning yep yeah it floated up uh but this fish did go down or i would have turned around Mm-hmm. yeah hmm, that's <laughs> crazy You didn't get to yeah. see the, the the fish that it had in its gullet, did you? No. No. Or catfish, probably. Mm-hmm. Joking on it. Very Amazing. Well could be. True story. I don't know what to say. Hmm. That's pretty hilarious. Fish, fish. They're like, oh, where? Yeah, never mind. Like right there, I just pointed at it. It's right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right playing there. it all cool. <laughs> <laughs> we I lost. Swear. It's it's the new song that I liked. I'm making up fish, fish. I haven't got anything beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Do you want to? Uh... Oh. Maybe we can save it for another time. But any other topics real quick? I mean, we got a couple. I, I mean, we, we, we talked about some of the stuff that we we could talk about. I mean, I'm open for anything. We got, you know, we got some time. Go for it. I want to know your opinion on lithium batteries for boats. Mm. My opinion... I would I have looked and priced them probably once a year for the last 3 or 4 years. Lithium initially from my understanding is can cause some big problems as in fires. Mm-hmm. My under, from what I gather, I haven't researched it heavy is a lot of that has been solved. And they keep coming up with better chemistry on this lithium. Um, I think they are going to, the, the biggest ball buster with them is the price. So like lithium, like anyone can, can think back to when there used to be like a lead acid type battery, um, nickel metal hydride type deal for a cordless drill and how it'd be good for the first minute. And then you could just have it get slower and slower and slower. And then, I don't know, maybe 12, 15 years ago, they came out with the lithium battery packs, and they were full balls all the way till they shut off. Mm-hmm. And those batteries, I think, have gotten better and better. And a huge selling point is the weight. They don't weigh hardly anything. Yeah, they're very small. That's what's in the cordless stuff, Andy. Now, nowadays, yes, it's you're going to be hard pressed to find a rechargeable yeah, that is not lithium. Stuff. I remember, I do remember when I was working on those bleachers when I was doing with that company. When those, when they first did those, they did. We had because we would run the heck out of them. You're putting together giant erector sets and uh, you know, ten thousand carriage bolts. Uh, I remember them getting like catching a fire it happened all not all the time but it happened numerous times every year like you're holding the battery all of a sudden that battery is like 
smoking hot. You had to like unclip it and drop it, <laughs> drop it to the ground. Really? Mm-hmm. In those, in those portable, or, or you know, in the Dewalt, uh, like the cordless ones. Yeah. Yeah it it Smoking. can it can be bad really news. Hot. But I think that they have got stuff, some stuff figured out. And like I said, there's there's multiple configurations on what like lithium is is with in those batteries. But you're talking like half the weight, maybe even more. Like an 80 pound battery might be 19 pounds. And I don't have any numbers in front of me, and that number could be off some. But the energy density in those lithiums. There's there was some stuff, you know, like I looked at for myself personally. So for me, I run two group 24s for my bow mount. There's 140, 150 pounds in batteries right there. If the energy density is such that I will have full voltage until the battery goes into protect to where it says I'm I'm discharged, they make some of these batteries in 24 and 36 volt configurations that I thought, man, it would just be neat to throw a 19 pound 24 volt battery in my area, wherever I, my battery storage and just instead of two, instead of two. And it's like a third smaller than a regular car battery. And it might not have like the length, like I might not be able to go all weekend on it. Um, but there was part of me that like, I'm going to save a hundred pounds. I'm going to pick up, you know, the battery size of space in storage compartments, but you're going to be at like 2,500 bucks for a battery. Yeah, that's way too, yeah, that's, that's just, uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. What do we have in our boats? We have group 27s. Uh, you you have two up front, and I have three up front. Mm-hmm. And they're they're they're, uh, they're pretty heavy. Um, but I would imagine. I think the only thing that I would look for, like look at, would be the weight aspect of it. Um, it would be an advantage in boats like Todd's and in, in my set in mine. Um, because we're, you know, we're charging every night and Todd's had his boat for three years, right? And his batteries are doing just fine uh, now. And I haven't plugged my boat in. And we, and we really don't, we don't hammer that, uh-huh. uh, that bow mount trolling motor, you know, it doesn't, yeah. it, you are rarely on, you know, above five. I would say on that, on that trolling motor. So the longevity aspect of them doesn't appeal to me for blasting on the water uh, because we just don't fish that way. But the weight uh, appeal intrigues me. You would get more bow lift, I would suspect, I mean, if you're dealing with like just, I, I'm going to use an easy number, 70 pound battery, which I might even be high on that. You Vance have like 200 plus pounds of batteries in the bow of your boat. 
I don't know what kind of amp hour draw those things can put out, but they do make like 36 volt batteries to where you could just drop a battery up front. And that battery might weigh 40 pounds. Mm -hmm. 40 pounds. You're you're saving 150 pounds. I know I'm, I'm, I'm rounding in, in the, the right error there. Mm -hmm. 150 pounds every single day you're driving your boat. It's not like, oh, I have a full tank of gas versus an empty tank. That changes. This will always yeah. be lighter. They also have some crazy warranty stuff with them, like 10,000 charges, like cycles. And some of them have like really, really good warranties, 10-year warranties with them. And I started working out the numbers, and it generally evens out. Now, it's been about a year since I've looked at it. For the amount of money you would put in regular lead-acid batteries, if if you were just going on a three-year or four-year cycle or something like that, it ended up being close to a wash, but it always slightly favored the lithium. But since I've never had a lithium or known anyone that's had them that long, they might say 10 years, but it might be seven years. You know something, mm-hmm. something like that, because they'll say you can get five years out of a out of a trolling motor battery, and I've had them go like three. So it's one of those you don't really know because they haven't been around that long to know. Right. But it is really attractive. Just about everything they offer except the price, and then yeah. I have to question how is it? Do they require a special charger? Right. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Like, would you have to get a different bank charger for your boat? Mm-hmm. You know, just for those three. Well, I mean, you might not need to get three. Uh, you're right, right, right. You, you, yeah. you might be able to get away with one, and it could just be this crazy, gigantic, you know, battery. That's how long they've been around. It's it's The standard lingo is, you know, you say three, you think of... 36 volt system and you're running a 112 pound thrust you say two you got an 80 pound thrust you know that's how they just are not they haven't been around for a long time right i mean but you can still do you you can run them in in series and you can get three 12 volts if should you wish um Mm -hmm. and you you'll get obviously you'll have more capacity because you have more surface area on that stuff but it's it's kind of like a gas tank. Like if you're going on a long trip, you kind of like to know that the, the tank is full. And if you mm-hmm. have the room to pack in more electrons for your bow mount, it makes you feel good knowing you got it versus, Hey, I got maybe a solid 10 hours in reserve here and we're fishing an eight hour trip. Yeah. You got that two hours, but wouldn't you rather know you have 20 hours in reserve versus 10? Because it's not mm-hmm. like it's an actual physical thing you can look at. That's like with all these, hybrid cars or like the all electric cars, it's really hard to look at a battery and say, how far will this thing push 3000 pounds of metal? Mm -hmm. I I can't judge it, but if you give me a gallon of gas, I can look at it and say, well, typically I can go from here to here with this much because Mm -hmm. it's actually like there's substance there, but you're not watching electricity. You don't know. You're not counting electrons by any measure. Mm -hmm. You have to trust what something is telling you. 
But anyways, that was my little side thing. I think they're neat. I think they're going to be mm, become a lot more popular here in the next 10 years. I know VIX has been running them. I saw them buy a bunch of them at the open house a couple years ago. Yeah, I saw that too. And they were running some type of special on them at, at one of the open houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I was intrigued. I was just thinking about that. And what, what made me like think about it was there's a big bass tournament coming up here in the next two weekends on Chautauqua Lake. And I think that the people that have jump-started it, um, the lithium battery idea on the boats is the bass industry because uh, they got to get to those spots quicker. You know, so I mean, and it, it absolutely makes sense because some of those guys – if they can get across a lake four minutes faster than the other guy, that could mean a difference of, you know, landing in the middle of the pack or an extra fish that takes them in the top 10 in the money. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I get that, you know, the less weight you have, you can get into some skinnier water. Uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of cool advantages with that stuff. And the bass industry definitely drives those in, innovations. Well said. But, yeah. Would you or wouldn't you do it? I am very quick to adopt new systems that I think are better. So if I was fishing as much as I used to fish and I'm looking at it and I can say I can reasonably justify this as being a better system... I'd, I'd strongly consider it. I'm not saying I'm ready to drop. I, the prices have to start coming down. The last time I looked, they were they were like, mm, man, that's that's a lot of extra gas. You know that that I can just keep filling this boat up with all that money I'd save over. You know, let's just say it's a fifteen hundred or two thousand or even a nine hundred dollar battery. Mm-hmm. I have a hundred and forty dollar battery versus one that's pick your number. Well, geez, this, if it was a $500 battery, I'd probably go ahead and do it mm-hmm. for me, you know, and I do all the batteries. So it means I could I think pull- it's going to make a difference once you're up on plane like that. Like, like I noticed if I have three people in my boat, three full grown adults and me. So mm-hmm. there's four of us, uh, you know, getting up on plane, that's where you see it because I got two guys sitting back and way back takes me an extra little bit to get on plane, but I top end speed and I still get the same top end speed. Have you ever put a person up front and do a top speed run? Uh, had them riding up there. Yeah. Like you said, Hey, just go sit up in the bow and Mm -hmm. and do a run. So generally you have a lot to, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's not what I saw the other day up, up there. Uh, yeah. People sitting in those swivel chairs. Those, mm-hmm. um, but, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, my, my understanding is for you to get more speed out of your boat, you need to have less wetted hull when on plane. Mm-hmm. So, that's the hull that actually touches the water. So, you watch these bass boats, and it might be the last 25% of their boat if you see like a photo that's actually touching the water. So 
the water against your hull causes friction. And the more wetted hull, the more friction. And by putting a bunch of weight up front, now there's there's a balancing act here that you can have your front end too light. Putting a whole bunch of weight up front is it's your motor's not going to be able to leverage that out of the water as much um, under you know ideal conditions, which will affect your top speed. It will also affect your fuel economy under cruising because it's mm-hmm. it's there's more friction. It'd be like run up that hill with a backpack on versus run up that hill with a backpack with a cinder block in it. You can still yeah. run up it, but man, you kind of feel it after a while. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it can, it, it, it'll affect fuel economy. It'll affect a whole bunch of other things. Um, your handling, there's just about how the boat rides because like my boat has the fuel tank where your guys' batteries are. And I noticed that when when I would, you know, driving across the lake with a full tank, yeah, it still drives and everything's okay, but I just, it feels heavy. It feels heavy in the front. And as I got to a lower, you know, lower level, I'm like, wow, this thing feels like it's a few inches higher riding. And there's a difference. So you take away 30 gallons of gas, six pounds, there's 180 pounds. That's about what your batteries weigh. I bet mm-hmm. you if you guys strip those batteries completely out and do a run, you might notice a mile or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, but by no means is it going to justify saying, I'm going to save this much in gas to cover this battery. It's just that ain't going to happen. Yeah. But it's it's fundamentally wrestle because that would be one of those things, when you get a new boat, those batteries do not go with it. They stay with you. <laughs> You'd be better off to throw some lead acids in there, cheap ones from Walmart, and say, here, brand new batteries, and keep them. It'd be like the rod holders and track we tell people. Take them with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I've thought about it, but the amount of time that I actually was on my trolling motor this year, it'd be a really horrible investment on my end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they certainly have to come down in price. Which I'm sure they they, they will if they uh, want to overtake the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, there's some circuitry involved in those things. They need to watch, like the lithium batteries, at least from my last research understandings, if you get the, the cells in a lithium battery to drop below a certain voltage, it's like junk. Like, it's dead. That's why these new drills and stuff like that, when you're going and it just shuts off, that's like the board saying, no more. If you go any more, there's no return. Charge me. I definitely see that. Like, my old cordless is... The old cordless drills, like, you'd notice, okay, it's getting weak. Mm -hmm. But I can still get these five holes drilled. (laughs) It's going real... You put it to low... So you're like, yeah. I, I can, I, I'll, I'll have more power. <laughs> yeah, I gotta push a little harder, but I'll get it done. <laughs> and I know now I have the, the, the new drills. I'm when I'm making the baits, they just quit. They they just stop on a dime. And sometimes it's stuck in the uh, bait, and I gotta. If you wait a second, you can usually get it. Yeah. To back out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they just quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's neat. It's a it's a new thing. I mean, they're they're running a lot of that the, that lithium, different different compounds and stuff like that in these new cars. Which I look at some of these cars that they claim three, four, five hundred miles on a charge, and I'm like, how? I had mag lights that couldn't last 15 minutes on brand new D batteries. You're telling me this thing will go from yeah. here to half to Florida, you know, from here to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. We could almost. What the guys are using, you know, I see, I even see a lot of the guys musky trolling out here now that are doing like what the Lahiri guys are doing. A lot of them have their little nine, nine or the kicker motor kicked in gear and they're steering with that trolling motor up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that's because they, and they have a kicker as well. Mm-hmm. I've seen, that. and they still prefer to. I I just think that that's because they're probably Great Lakes based. Yeah, and they're steering with the little one, like the kickers. A lot of those big fancy walleye boats, you know, the six twenty twos or whatever they're getting. Th- their kickers are are tiller. All they're doing is dropping them and thrusting with them. them. And mm-hmm. put in a little thrust, and you're doing all the steering remotely. Then you don't need autopilot like we're doing on the boat. But they're remotely steering with that trolling motor. Now, I know they're not spending nine hours trolling on Lake Erie to get their limited walleyes right now. But I just wonder if those guys are putting those to the test, too. Well, okay, so I do that. I yeah. do that on an Erie. And what I do is, I don't even, like I've said before, I treat my kicker as an emergency only. My big motor, I for me, if, if the big motor shuts off during a fishing trip on Erie, it's a bad day because something happened. So mm-hmm. I just get to my spot. I, you know, kick it into gear, set all the stuff. I drop the bow mount and I turn it on autopilot. However, yeah. I'm not... Um, is everything okay, Vance? Possibly not. <laughs> are we are we listening to a burglary in progress? Uh, no. There's, I believe, a dog on television. I'm sorry about that. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you're like, oh Jesus, and there's actually Jesus at the door. <laughs> okay, walking with catfish. Yeah. That's right, the catfish king. <laughs> um. But what I what I've done, and it, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Earlier this year, um, a person asked if I've ever heard of you know going four wheel drive. That's like the word that they're calling four wheel drive with the trolling motor. And he sent like a little sketch or a, a photo of something they did. They affixed like a a rudder on the shaft of their trolling motor. And I'm like, yeah, I did that. Except I. I made mine, whatever, a couple years ago where I made an aluminum fin that hung below like that little rudder thing of your trolling motor. And it's big. I mean, it might be six or eight inches tall and four or five inches wide and it's hose clamped onto the bottom and I can stow and deploy with no problem. And with my rationale is when I put the motor in gear, that's going to provide my thrust. I just put the trolling motor down, hit autopilot and have a bearing picked out. I let the machine keep the boat straight. I don't even turn the prop on because if the motor wants to turn like a couple degrees to the left, it turns and I have that aluminum fin 
to steer the front of the boat. It's just using water force, not the, not the propeller thrust. And so when you're doing it, you don't even have your trolling motor on. I don't have the prop spinning, but the motor is on. Like the motor, the motor has, yeah. has juice going to it and it's running autopilot For, to run the auto, to yeah. run the autopilot. And some of these guys, if they wanted to get really fancy with some of the, how you can link up these bow mounts to your head units and you can run a contour or have a, like a, a track saved on the remote, mm-hmm. you could have them just kick into gear and they could hit track one. And that motor is going to get you on track one and it'll run whatever, some like weed edge out or some hump around you have some crazy thing and it'll follow it for whatever, two miles and it'll do all the steering for you. So at that point you just focus on rods and not hitting someone. Yeah. But some of those guys, they might have their motors on so they can have that thrusting steer. I just happen to make myself a, a, a bigger rudder on the bottom. So I'm not yeah. turning I'm not using all my juice. I'm using very mm-hmm. little juice. Um, but pretty much mine's just to keep it straight. And then I'm on my remote control. I'm like, ah, I want to go a little this way. I tap, tap, and it turns in an acceptable time frame for the amount of water I'm in. It might get cumbersome should I be on something small to where yeah. turning the yeah. wheel is going to be a lot better than I got three miles to make this turn. I think I'll start now. Um but yeah, some of those guys might not even have their props on, mm-hmm. which like you guys have that autopilot on the dash for someone that may have paid two to $3,000 for a bow mount that has autopilot. I, 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 I don't think it's as ideal as your guys' autopilots, but if it's there, you could at least utilize it a little bit more. Oh yeah. And I think that's the reason people are doing it. Yeah, and it's and the ones we have, the ones we have would not work well to go down to, like the autopilots that we have on our boats, or like for like steering the whole, even the big motor. Yeah, it's meant to where if you're offshore or you have a long yeah. several mile cruise, yeah, it'll keep you roughly on course. It would not work well trying to go two miles an hour on no. Lake Erie walleye fishing. <laughs> not the way we have it set up. No, because every time, yeah, I don't know if we have it set up. Every right time though. we go, you can go fish slow. And you back it down. It's like, rah, 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 rah. It, you know, you can't like. There's wind. Yeah, yeah. It's trying to correct way too much. Whereas the Bauman, I think, is a little more willy nilly. And it's also that Bauman's meant to go like top speed of four miles, five miles an hour. Yeah, it's designed for a little bit different, but. Yeah, one you that bow or well maybe it could uh, with those lithium batteries. Mm-hmm. Could you potentially go faster? I mean, like not just from a weight thing. Is it a cleaner circuitry or? Well, what might end up is initially it's all going to be off a of voltage. So the voltage on a DC motor essentially is like the speed limiter. On a, on a DC motor, you could get the motor to spin, like maybe overcome its own frictions. Pick pick a motor, whatever you think in your head. You might get it to overcome friction at a couple volts, and it's going to spin what it can spin. You can crank that DC up until it blows up. Like, it might take 60 volts, and that thing will eventually can't handle it no more. 
the bow mount is a DC motor. Now, the circuit board runs on a voltage, and you can fry that. But the motor itself, if you can feed it as much as you can feed it, like let's just say the circuit board might have a range of 8 to 16 volts to, to function on. If you can get... There's probably some kind of voltage regulator, unless that, that board does run 24 or 36 volts, that... If you could feed it the maximum voltage of whatever it is, you're going to have a stronger thrust than if it was at a lower voltage, like Todd's Todd's example of the drill. Oh, geez, I can get through this last little bit. I'm just going to put it to low on the old batteries. That's what you guys are running. You're, you're running a lead-based battery that will eventually peter out on the power. The lithiums are going to hold their voltage essentially flat all the way till they don't they're just going to shut off but you might have a constant you might start out the day at whatever 14 volts because it's fresh off the charger but it might stay 13.1 all day long whereas if you were with a lead battery you'll start out your 14 but if you're on it a lot you might be down around 11 you know 11 8 you could be one or one and a half points under the lithium which will then you'll get more speed because you have more voltage. But the motor can only go so fast. So you're never Mm going to like, hey, I picked up two miles an hour with my trolling motor because I went to this type of battery. Because to the motor, an electron is an electron. It doesn't care where it came from. Got it. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I mean, I wish... I want a favorite cheaper... Yeah, I mean, it would be neat. Like, it's not like you can go put in some kind of race fuel in your boat and you notice the motor runs faster. Yeah. It's it's just, it's not that That's way. What all the cool kids used to say. Is that race gas in your... Do you have cam <clears throat> too? Civic, Civic with <laughs> a... Uh, with a... Uh, what, what, what were they? Those, those cans. The coffee can, can uh, exhausts? Yes. <laughs> and, and you and you drive down to Sunoco and you get Sunoco ninety four because it's the closest thing to race gas you could get out of a pump. Race gas. Mm. That was a big Crazy. thing. I used to drive oh, to Sunoco geez. to get ninety four octane to put in my dirt bikes because the exhaust yeah. smelt a little bit better and made you feel good about yourself. Smelt, yeah, I, that's called getting high. <laughs> smells, smells more. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, Todd, have you ever been around something that's running like a really premium fuel and not just ninety three from Quickfill? Mm-hmm. The the exhaust smells sweeter. It's it crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yep. maybe that'll be a fish attractant. Start running some VP race fuels in your boat. You know, something like eight dollars a gallon. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's put some catfish uh, sent out. Mm-hmm. Some stink. <laughs> snap, snap our fingers like the snap feeders. We got it. That's right. Those fish, they know what's coming. Hear that clicking. Make sure you have the goldfish pattern, rosy what reds about, or whatever. What about a uh, sea foam? Did you ever put that in your two or uh, four strokes in any of those engines? Uh, I, I would, up until this year, I was running seafoam in every fill-up. Seafoam, like the... Like the fuel additive. 
yeah, but it isn't there something that like cleans the uh, clean stuff out of the motor too. Yes. So, uh, all jokes aside, I would sometimes end the season on the same tank of gas I started with, right. and uh, I I would I would <laughs> every fill up add whatever like one ounce per gallon of sea foam and one ounce per two and a half gallons like for for stay bill. And I would put that in because this might need to blast me till next year. So I would always put those additives in. Now I ran out of sea foam towards the end of last year and I never ended up putting more back in it. I can't tell you if it made it run better or not, but yes, I have put sea foam in my boat. Okay. I know like Mercury recommends every couple fill-ups or every fill-up to use their quick tune or whatever they, they market. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if it makes a difference or not. I've, I've never in all my dirt bikes and four wheelers and street bike career have ever seen where that stuff actually did anything. The biggest thing that I can say that made a difference was they call it a, decarburization decarb the motor to where mm. I'm trying to remember what motor I did this to, but it didn't change the performance, but what it did do, like when I, when I said by notice a difference, so you would, um, get your motor running good on the earmuffs in your, in your driveway or wherever you do it, you get the motor, you know, warmed up and you'd give it a little bit of throttle and you would spray this into the carburetor throats the sea foam, you spray it to where the motor almost stalls itself out. And then you wait until it catches itself back up. And then you do it again. You tease it three or four times. And then you give her the beans and you put so much in it. It sucks it completely up and you shut the motor off and you come back in whatever, a half hour or something, fire it back up. And it's like, it's like dance club smoke coming out of that thing. It is, it is just, there's going to not going to be a mosquito around you for a long time. You're talking about like when you're at the end of the season, winterizing, fogging the motor. Well, this, they call this decarb, but yeah, fogging the motor, you get the similar result when you bring it out in the spring, when you fill that whole, the whole motor with oil, you let the pistons suck it in. But supposedly this stuff, because the motor's warm and it's been cycled a couple times, the sea foam will get on carbon deposits on the piston and the rings oh, okay. and wherever else. And then when you fire it back up to life, it burns it all off and it just makes a horrible smoky mess. Yeah. I have not really seen any performance difference after doing it to speak mm-hmm. of, other than the fact that it made you feel good that you really, <laughs> you did it. Your, yeah. your carbon yeah. footprint just like exponentially mm-hmm. went through the roof. Yeah, but yeah, fog in the motor. I did that once, and and when I fired up in the spring, and I let it run outside, I'm like, okay, cool. And then I go and park it, and all this gray black sludge come dripping out of the prop. Yeah, it's filthy. I I did you know that's when I first got a boat. They're like, oh, you want to fog that motor in the winter? Okay, so I I did I did it. I think I did it once, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, the motor didn't run that great that next spring either. <laughs> it took a while <laughs> to get all that crap out of there. That's the only time I fogged the motor. 
Mm-hmm. But you know, some people might be fog- might have been doing that when they're you know they're fogging their motor in September first. Mm-hmm. They're not getting their boat out till the muskies are in the shallows because they're full. <laughs> they're, they're full on their feet. Yeah, <laughs> with a mouthful of teeth. Where they're so efficient, nice. but yeah, I mean, some. I mean, I understand like the value of fogging a motor, and it. Most of all my boats have always been stored in heated buildings, so I never really worried about the warming and cooling of you know throughout the winter, and what yeah. could happen with the the moisture in the air rusting cylinder walls. That was never. Yes. That's the whole point of fogging the motor, so you get oil yeah. all through everything, a coat of it, and protects there, i'm sure mm-hmm. there's some really it probably helps a lot of people but for me it just yeah. it was a mess yeah. and it leaked all over the concrete and i said i'm not doing that again yeah people that are putting their fog in their motor and putting their pontoon out behind the shed for eight months yes uh, it prefer- winter, yeah. it is preferred to store your boat throughout the winter now here's some tips mm-hmm. uh a tarp that has already has holes in it with jugs yeah. of uh, milk or milk jugs <laughs> filled with water, but it has to go underneath a white pine tree or a hemlock mm-hmm. of something that will shed its needles because mm-hmm. that will add a layer of protection on the decking. <laughs> because Blue tarp or green tarp? Blue? I'm going to tell you what, blue, blue is just the standard around here, but I'm sure in some co- parts of the country, yeah, green. And, and, don't, and when, don't, when that gets a little hole in it, you just add a second one over the top. Yeah, so you just let it go because then it'll, <laughs> then it acts as a funnel to bring the yeah. water in. Because the more water you can bring in, the more it'll wash out the drain plug that you left open, which mm-hmm. is promptly plugged up by one maple leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways. That's good motor talk. It is good electric talk. Good stuff. I like the yeah, bush talk smart. myself. The what? The bush. Yeah, the bush. Yeah, that's famous bush. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Put a hurting on that bush with that fish. It's like brown over there. Mm-hmm. You're doing your own habitat work over there. Yep. Hatching flies, baby. That's right. The fly hatch is directly responsible. <laughs> yeah, we had a big we'll hatch. get blamed for that next. Talking about the hatch. Oh, my God, the bug. Yeah. I know where they came from. Doppler radar is picking up class swarms of insect hatching. <laughs> Andy, honestly, you would have to, you would have to, you'd have to see the video. I, I think Vance just sent it to me. I don't think he had it saved, but. Yeah, thirty pounds of maggots. Oh yeah, the whole entire flesh of this fish was, and the skin. I looked at it after Pretty good. we took the jaws. I tried to do taxidermy with that skin. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Get it, and we could do a real, you know, a real skin raptor. Do a real skin musky. That's real right. skin musky raptor. What if to start with like a six by six? You'll have to just cut it out. Yeah. Scientists stunned with the amount of flies <laughs> coming from Chautauqua Lake. Previously they're, thought they're, they're, extinct they're all, flesh-eating they're all flies. This bush. 
has found its way in the ecosystem. <laughs> dead oh, fish always end up at this bush. How's this happen? <laughs> it's top secret. It's five feet from shore. It's incredible. <laughs> Muskie's dying wish to lay next to bush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I smelled that for two weeks. Oh, I know. Every I've, day, people, people, like, ah, boy, it smells like fish. I'm like, not people, I'm like, it's a big, big old dead freaking ass musky land over in the weeds right here. Well, what I have to question. Dog owners were like the dogs were like pulling <laughs> over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's walking by. They got their dogs holding. The dogs trying to run to the bush. Um, <laughs> you you guys really I don't know how it how you can say it smells if you're wearing your COVID masks. I thought that will um, stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dog owners, that someone's like really confident that their dog is such a good boy or girl that they don't have them on the leash, but they carry the <laughs> leash in their hand. The dog roll goes over and just starts rolling in it, like really hard puts its cheek and then yeah. its front shoulder in, getting just yeah. a nice smearing action of that gelatinous grease that That's, killed the bush. I just, dealt, I just dealt with that for two days at home, Andy. <laughs> the dog found a dead muskie? Well, not a muskie. Cut the back hayfield. I got to go home. My daughter's birthday, and uh, dog found a couple dead animals out back. Did Did he bring them home? No, just rolled in them. Oh. <laughs> exactly what you said. Dig the shoulder down real hard, and then maybe maybe do a little back scooching, like slither like a yeah. snake on it. Yeah, yeah. And then she gets tied on the nuts chain. Yeah. Bad. They can't help it. They can't help it. They just with the They can't, but just it. think the Dogs next time it. it kisses you on the face what it was doing. Uh, Andy's a little sour about dogs right now, I'm sure. Uh, I don't want to talk about Andy's family. They find dead animals. Oh no, they, they yeah, they roll they roll and all that shit. Well they yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. But Andy's family grew by one. That's right. Much, um, much to his chagrin. Yes, we, we uh, recently uh, took on another dog. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else I can say about it. It's it's, it's another <laughs> mouth to feed. Fire <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish I wish we would have got another yes. schnauzer, but instead this thing's going to be a monster. But it wasn't. <laughs> I found out we were getting a dog after the down payment was sent. So, <laughs> what am I going to do? That's, that sucks. <laughs> You've had little dogs mostly, Andy. I mean, I've only yeah. had one. Like my dog, we've only had that that our little schnauzer, our mini. Well, Bailey, yeah. Yep, Bailey, but... I remember I remember when you saw our little puppy lab, how cute and crazy she was. I remember mm-hmm. you, it's the first thing that came out of your mouth. was like, that dog's going to get huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- there's something about a dog that I like 
that I can, if I can scoop it up with one hand and walk with it, mm-hmm. um, that that's that's like a thumbs up in in the dog category for me. If if I have to be responsible for it, is do the one handed scoop like I'm an eagle, yeah, and, let's and, go, and just under my arm right. like a football, and I'm I'm out of there. Because I've seen you, you get a seventy pound dog on a like on a good harness and you have it wrapped around your wrist and that thing kicks it into low four, you ain't stopping them. They got like incredible strength and traction. That dog oh, yeah. if, if it wants to go, it's it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. And um I recently heard a story of a guy who uh, he has a standard schnauzer, and he met a guy that has, I don't know, the giant schnauzer, which is, like, enormous. So I guess that's what happens, is when you own a breed of dog, by by just, like, the magical hand, everyone that you meet has the same breed. And then they tell you about all the other ones. Well, like, this gigantic schnauzer is, like, 70 pounds. So take Bailey and, like, make her enormous. Oh, I didn't even know there was such a thing. But. There is. He told a story, and this was like a friend of his. He said the dog is terrible in that it's it's horrible. It killed a doe and drug it home. Oh <laughs> a schnauzer. A schnauzer. I think Bailey killed a chipmunk one time. That's like that's the They're equivalent. mutated in labs. <laughs> GMO <laughs> over here. Schnauzer. It it's killed a, a deer. We made a giant schnauzer. <laughs> and I'm like, what, am I, how, what are you going to bigger, they're going to be Bigfoot. Yeah, well, okay, so it just got done killing a 150-pound deer. Are you going to sleep sound at night knowing that it's at your foot of your bed? I don't know. That could be like a really bad horror movie that comes out this Halloween. <laughs> Giant Schnauzer. Giant Schnauzer. It has it a taste for tear. blood. Now you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, yes, we, we, we got another dog. And the newness is wearing off. The kids are not paying as much attention to it as they did three oh. weeks ago. It's gonna be. Your, I mean, who be your best who friend. who literally could have made that call? Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, this guy. I think we. I listened to you for an hour about it the one night before it happened. <laughs> like we can't get another damn dog. <laughs> Just another mouth to feed. It's already on to the next one that's going to involve me putting and fencing my yard. That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. you know, you got you got those dot those ducks, and they live in like a really nice house outside. No, I mean What's it's it's thing? already build another barn. Oh my god! And I'm I'm, the, I'm putting my foot down. There is no way this guy's building a barn right now. <laughs> Come on over to the AZ Petting Zoo. We get all the crazy breeds. We have white and black ducks, a white rabbit, uh, two dogs, and what might be miniature donkeys, which will not happen. (laughs) 
Anyone take okay? Let's take a bet on this. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. I, I a conflict of interest. I can't put money on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't. Uh, I don't need this to go through. <laughs> I, I know. The, I know the way it goes. Yep. Why can't we go on vacation? I don't know because our because feed bill is eighty dollars a day. Donkeys. Donkeys, donkeys, ducks, rabbits, and dogs. It's not as easy to have somebody come over and feed the fish. Yeah. Just get a twenty dollar automatic feeder from Amazon, yeah. come back in two months, and they'll still be there swimming in circles. Yeah. Unless the giant schnauzer breaks out and freaks <laughs> out on your entire house. <laughs> yeah. You come there and the couch is cut in half. A big well, bite taken out of the <laughs> More Bigfoot sightings in Chautauqua County than anywhere in the country. That's, that's a stat to be very proud of because it's all true. That's what I hear. Meth has nothing to do with that one. <laughs> no. Talk to the guys that we want you. Cottages. There's just there, I'm not going down a Bigfoot rabbit hole here, but there's just it's no truck. And they have it on. They have a billboard on their truck or on their on their trailer that tells you that. Yeah, it's legit. It, it's legit. I mean, it's serious. The only logical thought, explanation then is, I think the convention had to get canceled this year. Uh, oh, oh man, what a shame! I haven't yeah. heard from Bigfoot lately. I hope he's okay. I uh, I always thought it was weird that. When bringing up Bigfoot, Joe Rogan always gives somebody a, something a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. He believes it, in it until he's prove, it's proven wrong, essentially. And he was like a Bigfoot backer. Mm-hmm. Believed in it until somebody showed him, this is an outdoorsman, a simple photo of a black bear standing on its hind legs. And there, and the it, moment of clarity happened. And that's all it took. He was like, oh. Good googly moogly. Moogly. Yep. Will do. Mini Methuselah. That's right. The bush. Lithium. The bush. And uh, LL Cool Bart. I was rapping to Ellen Colbert. <laughs> I heard about Muskie's Inc. Let's wrap up the show there. Muskie's Inc. That's right. Check out your local chapter. And That's right. Take it breath. <sighs> take it from LL Coolbart. Join your local chapter. <laughs> Thanks for listening and uh, support our fine sponsors if there's any left after this. <laughs> Bad AC Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine. All right, it's been fun. Uh, Good luck fishing, hunting. Thanks for listening.